Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, and let it snow. Let it snow where? Oh, it snowed here. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, Friday night, uh, snowed in Tupelo, Mississippi, as it, and it snowed all across the uh, Mid-South and up to the uh, eastern seaboard, right? It was amazing. What was it, 70 degrees here on Friday afternoon? Yes. Yeah. You go to bed, and you wake up the next morning, there's four inches of snow on the ground. And yeah. then it was all gone by Saturday afternoon, or a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I never remember snow in the middle of March. Not where like we, that. Where we live. In no. The, in the Amazing. Deep, in the deep south. It was pretty, though. Which only proves global warming, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, anything that happens unusual Means there's climate change. There right. you go. Uh, and, and so, too dry, too wet. It's all climate change. Doesn't matter. These people, they got they they got their messaging. They got a good thing going. Yeah. Remember back in the nineties, it was in two thousands, it was global warming. Too yeah. many hurricanes, not enough hurricanes. Then they well, fig- climate change. Well, then they figured out we can't stick with global warming because that didn't happen. In right. yes, we need something more generic and broad. They went with climate change. Right. And then now. Climate change, they can use. <laughs> What's the old saying? Uh, heads I win, tails you lose. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's that's the way the uh, climate uh, change activists are now. Remember Biden a few weeks ago when we had those tornadoes that ripped through Kentucky and Missouri and other places. He he flew into uh, Kentucky to do the presidential visit to a natural disaster, and then he said, "This has got to be because of climate climate change." change. Yeah, that's right. So. Yep. Like we never had tornadoes in America before, right? Climate yeah. change existed. Uh, you were laughing because? Well, I, I was I was laughing because obviously tornadoes are devastating when they hit, but there's been no recorded increase in tornadoes or hurricanes or the intensity of them, which is what you would have to claim. I, and I'm not, I don't want to get know, into no, climate the, change stuff, but th- that's what they, every politician who's on the Al Gore side of yeah. the of the line will say whenever something forest fire fires in California, uh, it's climate change. Oh, it's not your environmental policies or refusing right. to do, uh, to, to head that off nature? with, uh, with some, uh, controlled burns yeah. to get the right. rid of the underbrush. That's not yeah. the reason. Yeah. Or how about we've had forest fires since the dawn of mankind. Right. Since God created the earth. Yeah. All right. And they're not any worse than in the past yeah i shouldn't say that i don't even know what i'm talking about right there well but, I, but I, i'm just saying that we've always had forest fires as long as i can remember and yes the fact that they're intensifying i haven't seen evidence of that right no. my my understanding and again and, and yeah i i don't know i don't even know how we got on the subject i but, don't either but we're staying but, there but <laughs> environmental policies from the left yeah have just as much perhaps more to do with for example the forest fires that burn in california yeah. because they won't 
allow them to do these controlled burns of underbrush right. and right. dead wood that uh, that accentuate and intensify right. the forest fires. Right. They won't they won't admit that that's at least part of the issue. Yeah. It's all it's all the internal what, combustion. What's happened engine. the last four minutes has been what I call a tangent. Yes. Yes. Uh, we just went Ed and I went on a tangent. Yeah, I just kind of threw you, up. You, no, you did. Yeah. I just, that raw yeah. meat to I'm you I'm just guys. telling you, you can't trust Canadians. Yeah, this Fred, is Fred, exactly what happens. <laughs> he baited us. He did. He and, did. And it. we took the bait. Look at he's smirking. Yeah. I, I've got another one for you. <laughs> Every Monday, we ought to have weekend experiences. <laughs> oh, yep. Fred said, was it snowed the other day? And yeah. I go off on Off a, we go. Boom. But I've, I've got, and it's news related. Yeah. Go to a restaurant in Collierville, Tennessee, near Memphis yesterday, 3.30 in the afternoon. Walk in. This parking lot's almost empty. Walk in, and the lady greeting us said, that'll be a 40-minute wait. 40 minutes? 40-minute wait. I, I, I look at the parking lot. There's hardly anybody there. We're 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. 40-minute wait. Why? We only have one waitress. Still? One waitress. So I look back in the restaurant, three quarters of the tables have the chairs sitting up on the table. We have one waitress. Yeah, it's a problem. I, I, start, I start talking to the folks there. They said, yeah, we can't find people to work. Yeah. They said, if you come back now in about an hour or so, we'll have two more waitresses. Wow. Yeah, it's a problem. Cooks, waitresses, managers, supply chain. I mean... The restaurant industry in particular. And this is after two years of yeah. Yeah. COVID, pandemic, shutdowns. Yeah. But it used to be people had to work to pay the bills. Yeah. But, but now, still. Now Biden will pay the bills for you. Uh, well, not all of them. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people have got addicted to the government handouts, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. That was weird. Uh, so uh, if you want to join us on the Internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and type in Today's Issues. Type today's issues, and you can watch the show there. Uh, Facebook or YouTube. And uh, on our Facebook page, we also post the stories that we discuss here, so you can have that, that uh, where we get that our information from on our Today's Issues Facebook page. Um, well, of course, the uh, big story internationally, Fred, uh, is the continuation of the War, the invasion by Vladimir Putin and the Russian army against the people of Ukraine. Yeah, uh, still uh, intensifying. The story that uh, that popped up this morning, though, is concerns amongst uh, the U.S. that uh, apparently are reports that Russia asked China for military equipment to use in the invasion of Ukraine. In fact, you, uh, American officials are supposedly meeting with the Chinese to discuss that today. I don't know. Remember when the Olympics were on, Putin goes and visits with the Chinese leader, and everybody was kind of suspicious. And the kind of the conclusion afterwards is that China asked Putin to hold off on his invasion of Ukraine until after the Olympics were over. Now there's speculation this morning that, okay, the conversation went beyond that delay and that Putin was looking for assurances that if he needed it, that China would supply uh, military equipment for the invasion. Now, there is no admission at this point from China that they are doing that. 
but it sure does raise concerns that if you've got these two huge countries thinking this way, cooperating, and also it has given rise this morning to speculation that, gee, uh, China is looking at what Putin is doing in the Ukraine, and is China thinking we could do this to Taiwan? China this morning, uh, the Philippines upset with China because a, a, Ch- a Chinese warship went into Philippine waters. Things are tense uh, around the world. Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, was on Fox and Friends this morning and uh, basically saying that he believes that Russia and China are indeed colluding. There's a word for you. Cut two. Well, I think it's good news for the good guys, uh, you know, like Jake Sullivan. I think he's surprised that China's helping. I'm not. So there's two things going on that I think are bad news for Putin. He's having to declare virtual martial, martial law at home. He's closed down the Internet. Uh, the boycott in Russia is really working. So he's having a problem with his own people. And now he's going to China to beg for help from them. So if we'll just see this thing through, I think we'll be in good shape. We need to send the MiG fighters. Amy Klobuchar said over the weekend, a Democrat from Minnesota, that don't rule out that we will eventually send the MiGs into the Ukraine. If we could reverse course, Steve, and actually send the fighters in, that would be a morale booster for the Ukrainians, and it would hurt Putin because it shows that we're determined to stay in this fight. So China will be all in. China is the equivalent of Germany in the World War II analogy, and Russia is sort of like Italy, uh, and the Ukrainians are just awesome. That's all I can say. By the way, uh, the Ukrainian leader Zelensky will be speaking by Zoom uh, to a joint session of the Senate and the House uh, in Washington on Wednesday. That's going on. Listen, okay, my observation is just from a person like everybody else listening. I watch the news. I read the news. I listen to people like Senator Graham and others. So what I have to offer here is just an opinion. But by the time you get MIGs, is that is that's what you call them? Mm-hmm. They're MIGs, 29s. Okay, th- that's ru- that's old Russian jets. Yep. From the 70s, I think, is when they first came online. So do we expect to, to get those into the Ukraine and then the pilots go up there against the modern-day Russian jets and fight? Is that the idea? That seems, well, that seems ludicrous to me. Well, I, 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 I'm not a military uh, yeah, strategist. I'm just I, asking here. Yeah, I think, I think the jets would be used to stray for bomb or whatever, uh, target the convoys. Remember, they had that like 40-mile convoy? Uh, yeah, but are they not going to be shot down by modern-day Russian pilots? In, in, in and not just period? that, but any, any aircraft batteries. Who's going to go up in that? Uh, anyway, that just yeah. I, I would I would like an explanation for that. And furthermore, if we, the United States, facilitate that, doesn't that get us in direct conflict with the with the Russians and, it, it, and escalate the tension between the US and it Russia? It would depend on what the Russians did in retaliation. That's that's the calculation. So if the jets are in Poland and then they go to I think the plan was to, for them to go to Germany and then from Germany yeah. into Ukraine mm-hmm. Then do the Russians target air bases in Poland and Germany because they're the ones supplying their quote-unquote enemy, the Ukrainians, and then you could have World War III. 
So that's the calculation that's been made, I think, by the Biden administration and other experts. Senator Lindsey Graham apparently thinks it's worth the risk. And Do you? I don't think it is. I, and I, I feel badly for the Ukrainians. They need they need all the help they can get. Uh, but I I don't listen. Putin is cold and calculating. I mean, he's doing things to his own people, to the Ukrainians, at least according to the stories we're reading. I, I wouldn't put it past him to bomb airports. I mean, airfields in Poland and Germany if he thinks they're supplying Ukraine. You think? I don't think Vladimir Putin is going to risk losing in Ukraine. And if we get on the side of the Ukrainians and it makes it look like he's going to lose, I don't know what that guy will do. That's 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 my concern. Yeah, and you know the sad thing about or the tragic thing, and there are many tragedies associated with war, right? Is that it appears to me just watching all the pictures and the videos Yes, the Ukrainian resistance, if that's what you want to call it, are the freedom fighters, the patriots there of the Ukrainian uh, country. They are they are wreaking havoc against the Russian army, which which is in, in as far as uh, the numbers and the artillery, artillery and the equipment, you know, obviously are far superior in, in numbers. I said, uh, but. The, the sad reality is, even if the Russians left today, the, the buildings in these cities that have been decimated, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like a, well, a war zone. It's looking like a war zone in Ukraine, a beautiful country. Well, all reports before this happened, then you've got thousands of people dead. You've got refugee problems. Uh, you've got two million plus people that have left the country, and they've got loved ones back in the Ukraine. And that, by the way, Poland's said we can't take any more. We can't handle any more refugees. Well, it doesn't matter. They're about to get them. The, uh, the U.S. in Europe, the, the U.S. has probably a little bit more than forty, forty thousand, maybe uh, let's say fifty thousand tops full-time active military personnel. A lot of those are, are not going to be frontline troops either. They're going to be support personnel, administrative staff. That's that's what we've got over there in terms of, you know, now they're, and they're scattered, probably 30,000 or so in Germany. I think there's 12,000 in Italy and uh, probably because of some naval bases. So w- w- we, in, in terms of wanting to uh, – be in a war with Russia at this point in time. I don't think we have the assets over there to be in a world in a war with Russia. Now there are other NATO countries that have the military more military than, than we do, I guess, if you added them all up, but this is a calculation that Congress needs to make. Congress represents us. They need to discuss and need to make this decision. We've got to trust that they have intelligence that we don't have maybe maybe they know that after this putin is going to move into the baltic states or he is going to invade poland well then if that's if we have that kind of intelligence then i would say all right then maybe we need to consider putting more troops in europe and supplying the ukraine with these with these jets but they congress has to make that act 
and make that known. You, you said, but, you're saying the commander in chief doesn't need to do this alone. Well, I, I'm just saying if if we're going to go to war with Russia, Congress needs. I to got you. Pull that trigger as well. But correct me if I'm wrong, Ed. Uh, if if to say, and Tim put out this scenario a moment ago that let's say we facilitate the Polish MIGs going and yeah. giving those up. So they go and Putin attacks something inside of Poland or Slovakia or Hungary or whatever yeah. the case may be. Then are, is not the United States bound by its relationship with NATO? Is it Article 5? Article 5. All of NATO would now, be. Now, then you got World War Three. Well, that that's what I'm saying. What I'm yeah. saying is that's what, what yeah. I'm saying is you're leaving it if you do this and Putin says the Polish and the Germans you got involved this has nothing to do with NATO we invaded Ukraine for our reasons you got involved we attacked you now there is a war yeah. because now we have to defend mm -hmm. and I'm saying do are we at that point capable of going to war with Russia in Europe and I'm not an expert I just I just don't think we have the assets over there to do it. Well, of course, this is President Biden's job right now, right, is to make calls yes. on, on this. And, of course, as you say, with uh, he is commander-in-chief of yes. the United States Armed Forces. And so, but if we were to go to war, for example, we would need a, to have a uh, some kind of resolution well, you're, that's the way it's supposed to be. Supposed we to haven't be. been doing that for, well, for that's decades. True. That's true. Uh, but I, I, I listen. I disagree with President Biden on almost everything politically, especially mm -hmm. domestically. I mean, almost everything. Anything I agree with him right. hardly on. But I do believe thus far he's handled this situation pretty well. I'm talking about the confrontation. Uh, with with Russia and, and the Ukraine, I, I do think he's correct when he says if we get directly involved in this, it, it the potential for World War III is real. It's very real, especially with a guy like Vladimir Putin. So it's it's very sensitive matter. Uh, it's you know on, on how we what we do and how we do it. Uh, so anyway, any any thoughts on? But, well, uh, but there is American it? hardware in there. Yeah. We, we are handing over them uh, weapon, mean, and, weapons. And, yeah. The United States is giving weapons to the Ukraine right now, which they are using against supply That's lines, true. which they are using against the Russian makes. How do you respond, Ed? You've talked. We talked about this before, and I don't want to dwell on this. Although we usually that's a tip off to people that we are about to dwell on it. <laughs> <laughs> when Tim says, I don't want to dwell on something, we're 15 minutes later, we're right. still talking about it. But I do want to ask you this, and you do a great job of explaining this for folks. And Brad, feel free to comment too. Okay, I'm just going to, just a visceral reaction to what's going on in the Ukraine as we watch the pictures and the videos. Right. And we, we, we know the heart, this is a heartbreaking story of a country literally being destroyed. And, and innocent people having their life by the by the millions having their lives changed forever it, it, it's it's beyond horrific I don't know how you describe I've ne we've never seen anything in our lifetime uh, by a lifetime in the last 50 years since World War II to this level I don't think maybe I'm wrong no. maybe we can think back to to 
to something else that like that, that rivals this. So, Ed, I say to you, uh, we see this happening. The United States of America, of America, pardon me, we have the best military in the world. We could go in and save these people. And, 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 and if we wanted to, but we, we don't show the will to do that. Why are we holding back when we could be a force for great good here? So how, how do you respond? As I said, that's a visceral reaction. Right. That's a gut reaction that, the, that a lot of people have, especially Americans, as we watch this, to the extent that we can bear to watch it. I right. mean, this is very emotional if you pay attention to what's going on over there. So how would you how, give me a more uh, dispassionate view of this? Well, I, this is what I would say. If I'm in public and a woman is being assaulted in public, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help, Okay. But I'm making a calculation in my mind that this, I'm the assailant may have a weapon that kills you. That I'm I'm making that I'm making that calculation. This could cost me my life. If I am in public and I have my grandkids with me, okay, I have to factor that in because now it's not just me. So whenever you have a situation like we have with Ukraine, you can't you, you have to make all the calculations. You've got to say, okay, if we decide to help and the Russians attack a NATO country, we're at war with Russia. Can we, can we win that? Are we going to send our young men uh, into battle? Is, is Ukraine where we want to be fighting? Are we going to do that every time somebody, a country, gets attacked? This is Ukraine. Are we going to do? Are we going to invade in Somalia? Are we going to invade in Nigeria, where there, you know, where there are uh, Muslim radicals that steal uh, girls from Christian schools and force them to marry Muslim jihadists? Uh, are we going to invade uh, North Korea because what they're doing? So you have to make the calculation of what we're capable of doing and what we're responsible to do because it's it's not just me it's all the young men we're going to be sending into battles other people's sons as well i think what makes this different and you know i i agree with you i i think though what makes this difference this ukraine is a western country hmm. it is a democracy like ours it is on the doorstep of becoming a nato country uh, it isn't yet, which is one of the issues in this. And the other thing at this point is, does anybody really trust Putin that if he takes Ukraine that he'll stop there? Right. I don't. Yeah. I think he'll keep going. I think he'll go to the Baltic states. I, I don't know, guys. He's in a real quagmire now. His army's bogged down over there, Fred. I mean, you may be right. I'm not saying his motives wouldn't be to do that. He wouldn't be, or his intention wouldn't be to do that. But have you guys watched this? Some of the now I, I know that I'm getting probably the U Ukrainian propaganda, right? So we're getting to speak. their perspective. We're getting their perspective. But I'm seeing these columns of tanks that the Russians are sending in, and they're they're being uh, the anti-tank weapons, the stingers, or well, not, there wouldn't be stingers, but they're, they're, not, not stingers, but what, whatever destroys um, uh, tanks. Yeah, just. So uh, I'm watching. Houston I'm watching uh, three, two or three tanks being taken out in this column of dozens and dozens of tanks, 
the other tanks, Russians I'm talking about, see what happens. Yeah. And they start hightailing it off into the woods. And well, that's with. probably that, that they're they're probably taught to do that. They're taught to do that to get okay. off get off the road. Well, they just look like they're sitting ducks out there for for some of these Ukrainian um, soldiers and or farmers militia yeah. militia. Uh, so, yeah. well, I I think we should have. Well, we're coming up here in the break. You have five seconds, Ed. I think we should have. If we were going to go to war with Russia, we should have already had. More right. troops in Europe. Right. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The Freedom Convoy in Canada was intended to peacefully get the government's attention and restore basic freedoms. Instead, Prime Minister Trudeau seized the chance to increase the government's power. Matthew White points out in his article in The Stand, it's not the first time such tactics have been used. This is a situation everyone needs to be familiar with because it could happen anywhere even in America. You should read Canada Just Proved Bigger Government Equals Less Freedom at afa.net slash the stand. A lot of folks want to go see our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Hello, I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. You know, about 20 years ago, we started doing our spiritual heritage tours of our nation's capital. And we soon added Mount Vernon, Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. So we do these tours twice a year, once in June and once in September. If you want more information, just simply go to our website, spiritualheritagetours.com. That's spiritualheritagetours.com. Stephen McDowell, who is the president of the Providence Foundation, is a historian, and he joins us along the way. He'll answer questions, he'll give talks, and he'll point out places of interest for us and give us the rich Christian and American heritage and history. So for more information on these tours in June and September, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. The head of the Walt Disney Company says he supports teaching kindergarten students about transgenderism and gay sex. Bob Chappick announced his opposition to Florida's falsely named Don't Say Gay Bill. In reality, the legislation would ban schools from teaching sexuality to children in kindergarten through third grade. Mr. Chappick also pledged to donate $5 million to radical LGBT organizations. In response, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis threw down the hammer, blasting what he called woke corporations like Walt Disney. The governor says Walt Disney's made a fortune off being family-friendly and catering to families and young kids. But Disney is not family-friendly, and they haven't been for a long time. They've carried water for radical LGBT activists. They have bullied government leaders, but not Ron DeSantis. The Florida governor actually stood up to the bullies wearing the mouse ears. The question now is whether moms and dads will do the same. I'm Todd Starnes. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. American Family Radio. 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. If you want to send us an email, go to comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Again, you're listening to American Family Radio. The program is Today's Issues. I'm Tim with Ed and Fred. Fred, next story. Yes, well, uh, on another front, uh, headline this morning, missiles target U.S. consulate in North Iraq. No casualties. And what happened on the weekend, 12 missiles were fired yesterday towards the U.S. consulate in Iraq's northern city of Erbil. And uh, the Iranians are basically taking responsibility for this. So this is yet another page uh, that, that Biden has to deal with. And what a lot of people are talking about this morning, it's more evidence that there is a growing lack of respect for the Biden administration and the bad characters in this world, be they Iran or Russia or China and others, they have lost any fear that they may have had that the United States will respond. Now, fortunately, in this incident, there was there were no American losses. It's a, a fairly new consulate building, apparently, in this Iraqi city, uh, so there was no no one there at the moment. But again, it is, as some people are saying, another demonstration that, that the Biden administration has lost the respect of the bad actors in this world. Listen, in my opinion, that's an act of war because a, an embassy is considered sovereign territory of the nation to whom the embassy belongs. So that's just the, that's just the United Nations uh, principle that the embassy, the Chinese embassy in America, in New York City, for example, is considered Chinese sovereign territory. Right. You can't go in. Law enforcement can't go in. You can't get a warrant to go in and investigate anything. You can't go and arrest anybody. So for Iran to take credit for attacking uh, our embassy in this town in Iraq, that's an act of war. And the Biden administration ought to make them pay. There ought to be a... A, a consequence for that, and I'm talking about a military consequence. And if you don't, if you don't take a strong stand against Iran, they're going to continue to do this. Sink half their navy. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. And then they won't do it again. I think that's what Donald Trump would have done. Yes. Donald Trump would have said, "Hey, you you want to bring a knife to a gunfight? Well, guess what? You're going to pay for this." Yeah, and I, I think some people would say they wouldn't have done this in the first place. Right. If, if Donald Trump, Trump was in office. If Trump was in office. That regardless of what you think of his personality, he did instill fear right. uh, in the bad actors in this world that he would respond, as yes. you're saying. Uh, so they didn't want to test that. Well, part of, uh, as Ed's pointed out, part of uh, President Trump's... <clears throat> Um, the, the, the reason that, uh, Russia didn't go into Ukraine in the four years or, or any other place, Crimea was in the bomb years, right? Right. 2008. Okay. 
who knows who knows exactly why Russia didn't do this when when President Trump was was in office for the four years that he was that is going to the Ukraine or other aggressive measures uh, that that Putin might have taken except that as, as Ed points out <coughs> you didn't know what Trump was going to do uh he kept you know he was he was, I uh, would, I don't know if you want to word unpredictable, 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 yeah. unpredictable. So in Putin's mind, he's going, I'm thinking, well, I, I don't know what Trump will do. Maybe look, look what he did when he took out Soleimani, the, uh, right. Iranian top terrorist, a, yep, uh, general. Yep. took him out with a drone over there who that shocked the world. Right. Uh, so it was a big blow to uh, Iranian yeah, so, terrorism. So, uh, to that extent, you know, you didn't know what uh, what Trump would do, which which was to his advantage, I guess, with uh, Putin in particular. So uh, this is these are very dangerous times uh, that we live in on the planet here, with all these things, like you said, Iran uh, shooting weapons at our embassy in Iraq, or with uh, Putin doing what he's doing, and he's got nuclear weapons and. He seems like a desperate, he's becoming to me like more of a desperate man mm-hmm. who's paranoid. I mean, he's sitting 30 feet away from people at meetings because he doesn't want to get COVID. Right. Uh, some people have said he looks like he's going through cancer treatments, but uh, the, his, by the way, he's, he's bloated. And I, I don't know, I'm just saying what uh, a lot of expert, yeah. American experts are saying, which may explain why he wants to sit 30 feet away from people because he doesn't want to be exposed to COVID because it could kill him. Yeah. You with know, a, with the degraded immune yes. system. Yeah, yeah. So, and what what does a, a person with who grows older and they don't have as much to lose in their minds, uh, they become maybe more desperate when they're in their in the measures they take to achieve their goals. Um, in this case, taking over Ukraine, and he seems to Putin just seems to be just bomb, starting to bomb them into oblivion, and and and, and just going to set the whole country on fire. You know, so that there's nothing to come home to, even if people want to. Yeah. Uh, so that brings to that brings to the fore the question of what are you going to do with if you end up with 10 million? There, there are 40 million people that live in Ukraine prior to the war. Mm-hmm. They're saying that over two million have left now as em, as uh, refugees. Mm-hmm. A lot of them through Poland. Poland saying we can't take any more people. We can't handle this mass of humanity. What are you going to do with all these folks? Where are they going to go around the world? They're going to be dispersed. How many is the U.S. going to take in? Yes. Where are we going to put them? Yeah. Uh, that's another. That's another. And uh, the vast majority of them are women with children, with young children right. that are leaving. So we uh, we've only just begun uh, oh. to see the consequences of what's happened here. We're on the we're on the front end of right. uh, of this. This is a, a humanitarian crisis. Almost unparalleled in our in in the last fifty years, maybe unparalleled in the last fifty years. So, uh, and when you got a dictator like Putin who seems to be in a bunker somewhere and nobody wants to tell him no, even if his whole country is suffering uh, the, the financial consequences, you can't even use Ma- Visa Mastercard anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Russia, yeah, uh, Russia is being the Russia the country is. Is is the pariah right. of the world now? Now Putin's the richest man in the world. He doesn't feel it yet, and can he even be? Can he even feel the pressure that's being uh, exo- uh, 
you know, his country's countrymen are being exposed to economically. They're being shut down. I was reading the other day, there's a bunch of tourists over in Bali or wherever, somewhere vacationing, and all of a sudden they can't get money out of the ATM. And they're Russians. You they're mean? Russians. Yeah. They're Russians on vacation, and you know, out of the country. And when now, now they're they're stranded. We can't get a flight back in. You can't get money out of the ATM. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it's, it's well. But and, Putin's not going to care about that. That's what he? I'm wondering. Yeah, how, how much of that? Normally, a leader would be subject to the pressure of his own people, hmm. right? And now. The, uh, the only way I guess Putin would be exposed to pressure would be uh, for enough Russian soldiers to start dying in this war that the protests organically, that's just one factor. Mm-hmm. The economic pressures now that his country's a, but I don't know, can, who's, who goes to the bunker and says, you know what, uh, Vladimir, you blew this, man. Big time. You, you know what? You're going to have to reverse course, get our troops out of there. Our country's never going to recover economically. And then Putin says, uh, uh, bullet, bullet through his head. Right. Yeah. I'm, and this well, how this works? I, I think that the at this point, I don't think you're going to have generals who are going to be in favor of pulling out unless this continues on for next couple of months what continues on well if they're still slogging through i don't i personally don't think it's going to go on for another couple of months i think the russian army is going to be told by putin if Zelensky does not come to the bargaining table and do exactly what he wants i think putin is willing to level kiev i mean yes everybody in it because he he can't he can't take politically he can't survive saying, I made a mistake, and I'm going to pull the troops out. He's got to get what he wants out of this situation. The only thing I think that gets a bullet in Putin's head is if he tells his military, we're using nukes. And then I think then I think someone will assassinate him. But, but short of that, I don't, I don't think he's going to stop. I think he's going to – he has to now. He's all, he's got to be all in. That's why I think you're seeing. And again, to your point, this may be just from Ukrainian perspective. So some of this may be propaganda because they're desperate. But I think that's why we appear to be seeing civilians targeted because Putin needs to crush the spirit of the Ukrainians who are fighting him because he's got to win. He's mm. got to win now. Yeah, this is a situation that people, you know, I'm late 60s, that I have not seen in my lifetime. And I think we were talking about this a little bit off air. In in our lifetime, we have not seen a war covered like this. We're, we're seeing live interviews with people huddled in their basement, moms with their little babies. I mean, this that's very emotional. I mean, this is live time on American television. You're seeing this. You're seeing well. It's around the world, not just in America. It, it's 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 it, social media now around the world. Exactly, uh, and it, and so I I don't think Putin has the support of the world. That right. was just a story, and I was starting to read it just before I came in the studio about the number of Russians that are are flying to Mexico and then appearing at the U.S. border. Oh yeah, and they're telling the Ukrainians are, too. Yeah, yes, yeah. but these yes. are Russians. Yeah. 
who oh, yeah. said, get, we're going right. to vacation in Mexico. They get out of the country, right. and then they rent a car or buy a cheap car and are showing up at our border saying we had to get out of Russia. Did you see, Putin's a nut. Yeah. Did you see there was a, someone sent me a video over the weekend? This, I mean, I, I got choked up. It was a woman going back. I don't even know what town it was. A woman went back with her husband to her town. Uh, it had been bombed. She found out her daughter survived. She went back. They were going to collect a few other things, and they were going to have to leave because their house got hit, or the next door, the house next door got hit. But there was destruction, and she was a, a pianist, and, and she got on her piano. Her husband filmed it. Uh, the last time she was ever going to play this piano, just beautiful piano playing, and it was just—I just thought, oh my goodness, this this talented, gifted woman. And she just played the piano for the last time, and then they collected their things and left. That's the kind of thing that yes. Americans are seeing. I know. And the other, somewhat related, but there was another video on the weekend of this elderly couple. <laughs> the three, uh, three or four Russian shoulder, uh, soldiers come into their compound in front of their house, and they go out shaking their fists. They don't have any weapons. Yeah. This elderly Ukrainian couple, they go out, get out, yeah. get out. Russian show. They don't know what to do with this. Yeah. It, it's just, it's absolutely amazing what's happening. The sympathy of of most in the world is certainly with the Ukrainians, which is why still they don't understand why uh, they're so used to America helping people. Yeah, yeah. That, somebody it's so uh, emotional. I would, you know, I would be not now, but I would be interested in 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 understanding at some point how Vladimir Putin became the dictator of Russia. Because after the Russian, after the, you know, the revolution of the, the you know, with uh, Glasnost, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Glasnost. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and remember that? Yeah, Boris and, Yeltsin. And and uh, what was the fellow with the birthmark on his head? Gorbachev. Gorbachev. Mm -hmm. And all that was supposed to be a new Russia, right? But, but that they, the, the Soviet Union uh, communism dictatorship was over. And uh, all these countries could have freedom to to govern themselves, and Russia was going to be their own country, and and they had they were buying into the Western style, and then something happened. Something I don't know how Putin became. Well, Putin became I, I, the dictator after all. The, why did they? Why did the Russian people allow that to happen? I guess is my well, question. I don't think they did, but I think there's always been a a group that want. Uh, you know, we got to get our old Soviet Union back, and that group has a lot of power. And well, they just elevated Putin. Yeah. No, so I just looked up because I couldn't remember how long when he first uh, became the president of Russia. So that was two thousand. So two thousand to two thousand eight, he was president, and then Medvedev was, I think, president for four years, and then Putin again since then, since two thousand twelve. But I, th I think what happened was there was. A lot of some chaos, economic chaos, after the collapse of the Soviet Union. It'd be like the collapse of the Roman Empire. You've got to get control of everything. Who's in charge? And you you had uh, Putin promising, along with uh, a lot of these, um, I think even Russian mobsters, but certainly these, uh, what do they call them? The, oligarchs. The oligarchs. Oligarchs. Yeah. They said, listen, we've got to get control of our economy. We need someone strong to run it. So he's not technically, well, I mean, he's not officially a dictator, 
but technically he is because he calls all the shots. He has that apparently. Yeah, anytime that you can send, anytime you can send police out into the streets to arrest your dissenters and put them away, mm-hmm. yeah. you're a dictator. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's been all this talk about you know journalists who wind up dying mysteriously, even in other countries, yeah. or poisoned, you know, or poisoned. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I, I I'm not an expert on these matters. I think that's how Putin came to run the country was. They said, listen, we've got to get everything in order because it's too chaotic. We can't survive this way. Yeah. All right, Fred. Well, a uh, bit of good news. Gas only went up 20 cents a gallon this weekend uh, in this country. I paid. High five. I, I, I have a, uh, a one diesel and one gasoline, uh, Volkswagen Passat, one of each. Now, the, the, Volt, the gasoline engine... That got rear-ended, so we're waiting to get that fixed. So we're driving the diesel. be a blessing. We're, well, we're driving the diesel. It oh, never mind. Five bucks a gallon. Is it five bucks? Yeah, four ninety-nine. That's what I paid this weekend. Uh, have y'all seen these stickers that people are putting uh, on gas pumps with Biden's? They're stickers of Joe Biden, and it says, uh, "I did that." Yeah, yeah. With Biden's. <laughs> Who thought of this? I know. Uh, well, they're not too far off. Uh, Steve Jordan put together this montage <laughs> of Harris, Vice President Harris, President Biden, and others saying it's a good thing that gas prices are going up. Cut number seven. The future of transportation is electric. Gas prices have hit a new record high in America and expected to keep rising. We need to make sure that it becomes relatively more attractive to have an electric vehicle instead of a gas so You vehicle. want gas prices to go up and oil prices to you go up. You need it to reflect to the true cost of carbon. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. I predict that last portion of Biden, Ooh. you are going to see that in ads. I'm just waiting for them to start. But Saki, Jen Saki said the other day, hey, the oil companies are free to do whatever they want. Well, uh, it's up to them. And then you have her boss saying, was this back during the campaign? Yes, it was. That his his goal was to shut down the oil and gas industry. That's mm-hmm. what he was saying right there. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's, that's going to that's gonna come back to bite them because – Whatever's going to happen in Ukraine, this, that's been the big excuse for the Biden administration. This is Putin's fault. That's what they say. Oh, yeah. and, they're going to blame inflation, high all gas of it prices, on Putin. everything. Yeah. But this is March. That's not going to go on no. until November. So at some point, whether no. it's March, April, whenever, it, this is not going to go on forever. Then you're going to be able to, you're going to have months to say, well, how can you still be blaming Putin? I mean, what's the Biden administration? You know what we're say? watching? We're watching a man that is Joe Biden, the president. You ever, remember those movies, Tarzan, and then later Gilligan's Island, which wasn't a movie. But you remember when they got stuck in the quicksand? Yes. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and they sunk about an inch uh, every thirty seconds. You know, and you just watched them slowly, slowly go down to it's on their neck. Right. And that's that's with, with Joe Biden. That's what we're watching. As president. Now, I would say he was knee-deep in quicksand when he was inaugurated, <laughs> okay? But but everything he touches turns to, I don't know, mud. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a good one right there. Uh, 
he he is he is a, a, a as I said he's a dead man walking politically and his party too. Uh, I, have, I have a good one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. This is what my my dad used to say when supper was over, big dinner, whatever, and we'd all be talking, and and he would tell my mom, he says, "We need to put all this food away, you know, in the refrigerator." He'd say, "Before it turns to garbage." All right, that's what that is Boston accent. And to put the food away before it turns to garbage. And that's what's happening to the, everything the Biden administration touches turns to garbage. Right. All right. <laughs> yes. That's- yes. And then Jen Psaki comes out and tries to guide, gaslight America Yeah. all the time by last week saying, hey, we're not, oil and gas industry is free to do whatever they want. We're not stopping them. But that, uh, that, that montage, yeah. that is, my belief is that is the viewpoint of yes, the majority is. of the Democratic leadership, not not the average probably Democrat on the street right. who has to pay at the pump. They hate fossil fuels. They've bought into the Green New Deal ideology. They want this to continue. The, the nerve of that, I don't know who that was, saying it needs to reflect the true cost that of carbon. That was Buttigieg. Was that Pete Mayor Buttigieg? Pete. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a moronic <laughs> thing to say when we had – Two dollar gas. Yes, we did under under President, President Trump. Trump because we were energy independent. The true cost of carbon is not four and five and soon to be six dollars a gallon. That's the cost but, of idiots running the country. The dirty little secret. I don't know if it's a secret anymore, but you mentioned it here before. It is that the those in favor of the new Green Deal, and that is a majority of the Democrats in Washington D.C. They want high gas prices because now they're kind of conflicted politically because it's a year where you got the midterms coming up, so it could cost them dearly, that being a big issue. But they want uh, high gas prices because they want to that the, because it hurts the oil, uh, oil and gas industry and, and it forces people to get their mopeds. Or, uh-huh. or, that's what they or, or that's to, what they or, prefer or to ride bikes or yeah. or, or, or to buy sixty thousand dollar electric vehicles which is, there's just a whole host of questions associated if we all went to electric vehicles <laughs> what, are you gonna have charging stations or trucks gonna do this or airplanes gonna do this jets well, if, if listen eventually it might be great to make that shift away from the internal combustion engine to electric vehicles. The technology is changing rapidly. Right. We've said on this show, great. In in 50 years, maybe that's the way it will look in America. But it's not going to look that way in 2022. You can't you can't make a shift. You can't lurch, make the country lurch like that with the expense. But these of- greenies, they they want to say we we must force the issue. How yes. do you force the issue? You make it painful for the American people at the gas pump, and then they'll say, well, what's the alternative? Where is my uh, Tesla or my electric vehicle yeah, or my moped, as I said, which runs on electricity? And also, uh, you know, as I said, a whole host of questions associated with that. What if you got millions of cars powered by electricity? And you're going to – can you imagine the charging stations you're going to have to have? What about if you get uh, traffic jams on the interstate? And you have cars start running out of power. That already happened. What do you do with that? 
We have found out, remember the, the snowstorm back in Virginia back about a month and a half ago? Yeah. Yeah. And people were all backed up on the road? Yes. Many of them had electric cars. And guess what? Mm. Dead. I want to say they were, they were on the highway for hours and hours. On, on Interstate 95. Yeah. Yeah, also, people tell me these batteries are not easily disposable. And they're expensive. And they're expensive. You're talking about thousands of, you know, you're used to getting a battery for your car right. for a couple of hundred bucks. These batteries are thousands Seven of dollars. Seven and eight thousand yeah. well, dollars. Listen, that that's fine. That's we you You let people make that choice on their own. But if you try to rig this economic system, it's not just it's not just the cost of cars. It is the cost to heat your house. Yeah. What, how how are you going to do that when fossil fuels form the backbone, uh, coal and natural gas and uh, oil heating up up north and a lot of places it's they burn oil. What are you going to use? Listen that that clip you played. Play that again real quickly. Uh, we're, this montage and you'll hear Biden at the end about what his real objective is. Go ahead. The future of transportation is electric. Gas prices have hit a new record high in America and expected to keep rising. We need to make sure that it becomes relatively more attractive to have an electric vehicle instead of a gas. Do you vehicle. want gas prices to go up and oil prices? To you go need up it to reflect to the true cost of carbon. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill. Period. There you go. I what what, I are the, what do those stickers say, Tim? I, I, I did, did this. That. I did picture, that. Picture of Joe Biden. I did that. I well, did that. And he should be proud of himself. Yeah. Right there. Huh? <sighs> we'll see if he's proud in November. Good night. We've got two and a half more years of this? <laughs> yes. Huh? I, don't, I need some escape somewhere. <laughs> uh, huh? I mean, I go golf, and then I get through, and he's still president. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't yes. get away from this man. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I got summer vacation to look forward to. The only problem is I don't know if I can afford to get there. <laughs> uh, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.